Well, you know what time it is when you hear that music hit. It's time for another episode of The Make. I hope you guys are doing well out there in the Make community. Hey, let me remind you why this podcast exists. We want to go from Sunday taking to everyday making that we go in the world and we would make disciples, help people see Jesus in more authentic ways. And I got a guy on the other side of my screen, on the other side of these microphones that does a very good job of that. And uh, my co-host, my good friend, my James Coffee hat wearing, shaven, freshly, Dylan Mitchell is on the podcast with us today. You, You look good today, buddy. Good job. Way to go. There was a lot to that intro. I appreciate it. I was, I was just, I love lamp. I was looking at random things and just. <laughs> you were just, uh, you were just making stuff up. I was trying to see all mm. the things I loved about you on the other side of the screen. And, uh, then you got this, uh, I like this little, nobody can see what I can see, but you this little album propped up behind you with two ominous guys looking over your shoulder at me, which I kind of like, um, it's, can you tell what it is? I can't because it's just a little too far back, but, um, here's for fear. Oh, you got Tears for Fears rocking back there? Yeah. Uh, that's nice. Yeah. On vinyl. I appreciate that. Um, I do yeah. see all you your... Know what my Monday... People listening, if you want to know what my Monday morning is like, I typically toss on a vinyl and have a cup of coffee and answer some emails before we record an episode. So that's a little wow. glimpse into my morning. That's fun, man. Yeah. You know what one of my favorite songs right now is, is I want to listen to vinyl with you. Have you heard this song? Um, no. I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to send you the link. It's actually... It's dumb, catchy. Like, it's one of those that once you hear it, you're like, gosh, dang it. I'm not going to get that out of my head for the next six months. But it's a... Uh, it's but in a good way. In a, in a very good way, yeah. Um, and then if you want a good artist to listen to right now, too, uh, have you listened to Teddy Swims at all? Because um, yes. Teddy Swims, is that guy is ridiculous um, on so many levels. Um, and I would highly, highly encourage anybody... <laughs> to go uh listen to to his music he's uh, actually coming through phoenix sometime in the next two months and i kind of want to go to his show because it looks fantastic uh, be- yeah uh, actually i'd be interested from our listeners like what is your uh listening prowess like what's your monday morning soundtrack when you get up monday morning what's yeah. your what's your monday morning song like what's that thing like i i gotta have if i'm gonna listen to music i gotta have something that kind of gets me in a happy mood for monday so Mine's usually got some really cool, like, funk, rock kind of feel to it that kind of gets me moving a little bit. Um, Unless I'm writing, then I have to have something instrumental in the background that's got a little more cinematic feel to it, so. Yeah, I actually, here's another debate. We'll we'll put that as a question in the show notes this week, and then we'll put a poll in the show notes if you're Apple Music or Spotify. I am Spotify. Because I know you're Spotify, aren't you? I am, yeah. Actually, I, I switched over to Apple Music after a long time. Actually, technically, I'm both because we were with Verizon, so we got a free year of Apple Music. But I've got so many yep. playlists built in Spotify, and I, I'm just like, I don't, I don't. And my, we've got a family plan for so Spotify. I'm so, so invested in that, and I found an app that would migrate all of your playlist over with one click and match every song. So here, here's that my, was the only thing that helped me back. But here's my other issue: we've got we've got the family plan on Spotify, so my daughters have playlists that they've built in Spotify. So I'm like, it's kind of like being with American yeah. airlines for me. Like I would switch to Delta tomorrow, but I'm way too vested with American <laughs> and they won't transfer my miles and they won't transfer my status. Now, if American would transfer everything over, I'd be like, done, I'll go to Delta tomorrow. Um, but Delta won't, well, of course they won't Delta won't take it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not working for 10 more years to get all the status back. I've got with American with Delta. Um, so you know, it's kind of it's kind of the same thing, um, but man, it's a Monday for us. So all that to say, I'm not, 
fun playlist on Apple Music that's uh like creative focus. So if you're an oh, Apple yeah. Music person, find the creative focus playlist and it's really good to do writing to and stuff like that. Yeah, I've actually you want to know what my favorite uh, and it's not even a playlist, but I took um remember the book of Eli? Remember that movie with um Yeah. Um I can't think of who the lead was. Um I Denzel Washington. And um I kept saying Morgan Freeman. I'm like, wrong, good voice. It it it, it was uh, Denzel. And uh, but the soundtrack for that is so cinematic and so good. Like I just throw that on the background while I'm writing. Uh, and then I've got a bunch of chill playlists too that I use for different types of writing that I do, message writing, or if I got to sit down and just bang through a bunch of content, like I usually usually throw some of those on in the background. Um, but anyhow, just a fun little rant on a Monday. It is definitely a Monday. Hey, Dylan, I want you also to know this is our last Monday. Um, where we're coming off a of Sunday with two services. Yeah, that's, that's a thing. Yeah. Cause the next Monday I, I will, I'm going to apologize in advance for next week's podcast because, um, the, the amount of tired that I know I will be coming off of a, th- a three preach Sunday versus a two. <laughs> um, well, I'm just, I'm going to warn all of our listeners in advance. It, it could, you could hear a lot of this, that train whistle playing, <laughs> Playing throughout, we may just Look, have a if continuous. There's good, if there's good news to be had, if there's good news to be had with this, it's that I'll be in the studio with you in person next week. Uh, yeah, so I can I can maybe help us avoid the train whistles, or it might be mm. more of them. I'm not sure. It could well, go either way. Here's the other problem: next week we have a guest, right? We yeah, we yeah. have our guest Aaron back. On, he's going to be on the podcast for the first time. We've been asking him for a long time to be on, and he's finally going to be on. And here's the problem: I've Aaron's not, got a lot going on, and we have to work. Yes, to get on his schedule. So I'm I'm glad it's finally worked me, out. Me too. I'm very glad it worked out. But he he's bringing here. Here's the good news. He's bringing in coffee for us to do a tasting and a contest, which is fun. Um, here's your other problem though that you think you're going to be able to harness this in person. Not only will I have preached three times, but I've not had coffee now for over a month, and that's going to be my reintroduction in. So I'm going to do a full tasting with you in the studio after preaching three. I mean, it could it could be one continuous off the rails moment. Uh, I'm just telling you right now. I'm warning you in advance, all of you. So either this is going to make you want to listen more or you're like, unsubscribe, we're done. <laughs> so so what do you got for us today, Dill? What, what's what's going on? We had um, this last week, we, we finished our series, um, Identity Crisis. And what we actually did in Identity Crisis, if you remember, we took... The, the, entire, the entire series was not so much how do we help the world find their identity, but how do we find our identity as Christ followers to then help the world find their identity. And uh, week one, uh, just to give a quick recap, um, week one, we talked about you're imperfect. And so we talked about our own imperfections. Um, then the second week, we talked about that, that you, are, you are chosen. And then uh, last weekend, uh, the weekend before, uh, we did you are loved for baptism weekend. We had 45 baptisms that Sunday. We had 10 more during our kids event. Um, on Friday night. And then we had, I think we had 13 more yesterday of people that just were like, I want to get baptized. Um, eight of those were scheduled yesterday. And then we had a handful that were like, wait, I want to do this too. And so um, Dylan, any, it, where are you at? What are your thoughts? What are you, what are you leaning into? Because yesterday we talked about, I'm an overcomer and it. I think it had a lot of, a lot of implications on a lot of people sitting in our, in our venues, whether it was online, whether it was in the room or at gospel rescue. Yeah, I, I think that this is one of those, uh, obviously, it's kind of a shorter series, you know, a four week series. Um, but 
we've we've done this thing or you've done this thing every week where you start the message and you have them repeat back like whatever the theme of the week is. Right. And this week is I'm an overcomer. And kind of hearing that echo back just in the online feed, um, kind of hearing that echo in the room, that's like a experience that not a lot like maybe some of our listeners get, not a lot of our listeners get, I would imagine. Um, but just kind of hearing that echo back, um, the way that sound echoes in a room being translated to online is a very different experience. Uh, and just hearing that was a powerful moment. Yeah. Cause it's a lot of people like actually leaning into that. And that's a big, like I, I'm big into like speaking affirmations over yourself. Yeah. Um, like you can speak your own reality into existence. Um, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Right. Yeah. So uh, that was, that was really, really cool um, to hear back in my own ears uh, in the, in the living room this week. But I, I love the story of uh, the the buffalo and the lion. Yeah, why don't you unpack that a little bit? Other than the fact that when whenever that when the instruction came down in Slack this week that you needed the graphic for that, the only thing that I could think of was everybody's got a water buffalo, and mine is fat, and yours is slow. Um, yeah, so no, that that you went. That's veggie. all I could think about when I did it. That's all I could think about when you said it. Yeah, you went veggie tales on us. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. for, for all of our non-churched listeners, um, well, um, you can go look that up. Uh, go to YouTube and type in Veggie Tales Water Buffalo, and it'll it'll basically ruin this whole story that I told yesterday for you. Um, actually, you know where I actually I read that story, and then there's actually a YouTube video of of an actual like water buffalo that gets surrounded by lions, and he actually holds his ground and he flings this lion in the air with his horn and uh, the lions all of a sudden they're like, what just happened? Like you could see the, like the lions were not expecting this moment to go down. And, and I had that visual as I'm telling this story, but the whole premise of the story is like, there's this dad and this, the son water Buffalo. And they're talking about, you know, fear and what, what to be, he's like, there's only one thing to be scared of and it's a lion. And, uh, but he tells his son, he's like, listen, he's like, if you ever have a lion come after you, the son's like, I'll run right away. He goes, do not do that. If you run, it will chase you down. It will jump on your back. It'll kill you. Um, if you hold your ground, if you face your fear, look around you, you've got the whole herd with you and all of us together are better to defeat this lion. Um, that's how you overcome your fear. You do it. You do it with your herd. You, you let your herd be that. I even made a joke with our church yesterday. I was like, this is your herd and I'm not calling you all water buffaloes. If you're offended, I'm sorry. Um, but the, the reality is, is that this is our herd. The body of Christ is your herd and your herd is here with you. So if there's a fear that you are facing, um, obviously, first and foremost, you got Jesus in your corner. You know, but then to have the community of believers around you, to have the the church around you, community of faith around you, that when you have that fear, you can look at you can look at the people. Like if I've got a fear, Dylan, I know there's like five guys, ten guys on our staff that I can go right now. I can come to you. I can go to Chris. I can go to Roger. I can I can go to Frank. I can go to Saul. I can go to Aaron. Any of these guys on staff, and I can legitimately go. Hey, I have I've got this thing, and I'm scared to death. And I would have you guys behind me going. We're right here with you. We got you. Um, I I remember in my, my last church, there was some leadership things that we had to hit head on. Um, can I tell you how much easier they're, they're not easy. They're just easier to hit head on when you've got a a group of guys in arms with you going, we're in the battle with you, bro. You're not alone. We, we got you. Um, and and so the, the whole premise of that, if you really want to be an overcomer, uh, I would say, look at the people you put around you, because if you put fearful people around you that, that are, they run when it gets tough, um, put some tougher people around you, put some people that are, 
that one, they'll say what needs to be said to you. And they'll also stand with you when you need someone to stand with you. Yeah. Like that's the, that's the, like growing up, my mom used to say like, surround yourself with the kind of friends that you want to be. Right. And that's like, that's like middle school mom wisdom. And that's like, it's just profound wisdom translated into adulthood for me at this point, because I'm the same way. Like I, like when Melissa was gone for the first five weeks that were really difficult for me, uh, I, I would have fallen apart had I not had my, my guys surrounding me while I was in Tucson. Like I had you, uh, Chris, uh, Robert, Frank, Aaron, like all of you guys kind of surrounded me and just took care of me. Um, because that was a moment where I was really vulnerable and could have been very easy for me in, in a different way to kind of run and hide from that fear. Well, I don't know if you've heard this old adage, but show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Um, yeah. if you show me the people that you're spending the bulk of your time with, it's pretty easily, I can show you where your trajectory is going to go. Um, it's, just, it, and it, and apply it to any part of your life. You know, if you're, if you're in a job, show me the people you spend the most time with at your job. And I will probably be able to show you your trajectory in that organization. Um, if you find yourself with a group in the organization, it's always gossiping, always negative, always upset. Can I tell you, at some point, you're either going to be alone in that organization because they're all going to get fired or all going to leave, or you yourself are going to find yourself without a job because your organization won't keep you. Um, same thing with, you know, I remember growing up, it was like, if you could, you know why there's cliques in high school? Because if you show people who they hang out with, they're inevitably going to be like the people they hang out with. So that's why we had the, you know, athletes were kind of prone to hang out with athletes. And we, we had the, the stoners, man. They hung out with each other because, man, they all like to sit around and smoke weed. I mean, it was, just, it was just the reality of my high school, right? Like you had these pockets and these clicks. But I can show you like the people that overcame – and all those pockets have things you have to overcome, right? Like if you just take the – you know, you got the band kids, you got the athletes, you got the stoners. Like you just put it all through the stereotypical high school lens, right? Life is no different than that when we get out of high school. And – it, but you can always tell the people that are going to do really well in life is because they go beyond those places and go, you know what? I'm not going to settle for what everybody else is settling for. I'm going to keep moving and I'm going to find some people that line up with, they, they want to move the needle of life. When you find the people that all want to move the needle and they get together, it's crazy how much impact that group of people can have. And so like I look at our church right now, we, we've got thousands of people here that have decided we want to move the needle together. And they are moving the needle substantially as a church. And I think if you break that down to the individual level, I've got people that have never been in church in their life, that have been in church for the last six months. Their life has gone from the needle on empty to they are, they are not only full, but they're, they're moving the needle in lives of others because they've just changed their surroundings and they've decided to hit their fears head on and get around a herd that will actually help them when they're fearful. Well, and like on the, on the topic of like finding your herd, um, that, talking about high school, like some of my high school friends that I grew up with, did life with, uh, like right now I'm, I'm communications and creative arts. My best childhood friends are engineers and anesthesiologists. Yeah. Like nothing, nothing in common at this point. And even then they were the athletes and I was the kid who was like in production and like, I was, you know, learning how to make videos and be a photographer. Right. But the big thing we had in common was we were in youth group every Wednesday night growing up. And then as we grew up, that became the common bond between us. We spent all of our summers hanging out together and it didn't matter that some of them were athletes and, you know, I'm the non overly athletic person and um, like in the sense of like team sports, I guess, but like right. all I have to say that herd, like three of those guys were my groomsmen, right? Like 
years and years later, like your herd follows you. Well, it's also what your herd is focused on. You know, that your, yeah. com- your common bond was not a sport or tech. Your common bond was Jesus. So when your common yeah. bond is the savior of all humanity and he puts us on a mission together, that, that's why I love like my buddy Bill was, was baptized yesterday. Um, and Bill is a rock star of a human being. Like this guy does counterterrorism training. He is, he's like does stuff all over the country. Um, Bill and I, from that standpoint, man, that dude's so much smarter than me. He's so much cooler than me. The guy is like, uh, he's like, he's like Jason Bourne, except remembers everything. You know what I mean? Like he, he is, he is that kind of guy. Um, but our common bond is, is the relationship of Jesus. In that we both understand there's a mission greater than ourselves. It's not a counterterrorism. It's not even just the church. It's not playing golf. It's whatever. Our our mission together is more people to know Jesus. And and he understands the missional side of being a part of organizations like law enforcement that you need to make sure the guy that's got your back has got your back. Because if you got to draw a weapon and walk into a bad situation, you better know the guy on your back's got your six. You know, he's back there and he's with you because if not, you're going into this fight alone. Um, and that's what I feel like with Bill right now. Like he knows that we as the church, we got his back. We're in, we're a thousand percent. We, we're going to walk the journey. But I also know if I needed someone to walk the journey with me, I'd call Bill right now. He'd be in my office and be like, what do you need? I got your back. And our common bond is not yep. not all these other things. Our common bond is it's Jesus. It's this thing like, there is a mission that is greater that we're on, and we're not going to let our human fear dictate our godly courage. And that that's I think that's where we get locked down sometimes is we we actually isolate from the herd and we figure we can't figure out why we're getting destroyed every day. Um, because you've got nobody to walk through this with you. And the people you do have around you, they're enablers and and they're just telling you what you want to hear, or they don't really care that much about you because they're so self-absorbed with themselves that they can't get past themselves. And, and, and you get both sides and you get that in the church too. There's people that are like that in the church, but if you get a part of a healthy community of believers, which I believe Pantano is one of the best, um, it's amazing how far you can move the needle for the kingdom with people that have each other's back. Yeah. I, I mean, like I know it right now, I've been in Pantano now for just, just at almost a year and a half, a little over, um, full time. I've been here over a year. Um, and I, and I look at just the, if there was something going down, like I've got multiple pockets of people, I'll tell you the best, the best place of people that I know if I need someone to have my back is our senior saints, like our, our Mm -hmm. retirees. Like I go over on, on Tuesdays, they play cards. I call it casino day. You know, they come up here and they play cards. (laughs) Um, they, I always joke. I'm like, they're probably running money under the table. I'm like, as long as you tie, I don't care. That's fine. Um, but, but I know right now if the bottom of my life falls out and I'm scared to death, if I walk in that room tomorrow when they meet at noon, that I would have 70 strong that would go, we got you. What do you need? How can we pray for you? How can we love you? What do your girls need? What's your wife need? Hey, oh, you're struggling with somebody. There's somebody in the church that's giving you a hard time about it. We got it. What do you need? Like they would just, it's like the senior mafia, man. They just get up and go take care of it. And those are the kind of people, though, that you need. And let me talk to just church leaders. I don't know how many church leaders are listening to this, but if you're leading in a church, find find the people in your corner that when things are really tough as a leader in the church, you've got people that will go, we got your back, bro. Now, for me, that's our elders. Like our elders, a thousand percent unequivocally got my back. And I've got theirs. Like I take a bullet for those dudes. They're fantastic. Um, Our staff, I take take it for our staff all day. 
that's that's part of my role, like to to own that for our staff. But but the bigger piece is you've got to have people outside of those things in your organization that actually they're going to have your back when things get real tough. You need those people in your life. And uh, and Jesus just, that's what I love about Jesus with the 12. When he put those 12 guys together, you realize those guys didn't, like he had a tax collector, he had some fishermen, he had a doctor. Those guys didn't have anything in common when it came to what they did. But what he did was he brought them together on the commonality of they'd all been rejected by rabbis. And Jesus was now choosing them. Yeah. And now you've got these rabbinical rejects that have been chosen by a rabbi. And now, like, they, they had Peter's back. Did you catch it in the story in Luke um, when, when Peter's like, well, I guess I'm just going to go back fishing. He goes, I'm going fishing. And his friends go, we'll go with you. It, it's just one, it's one section of one verse of scripture. They said, we'll go with you. Um, you know what I love about that? Peter was in probably depression. Peter was probably, a, uh, honestly, because he, he felt responsible for Jesus' crucifixion. It wouldn't surprise me if Peter was a little suicidal, thinking some bad thoughts. Like I could just go out in this water yeah. and jump off this boat and drown and nobody would care because I, I've, I've let down the Messiah. So his friends are like, you know what? We'll go with you. We'll go but with you. They may not even want to go fish, but, but you know what? We'll go because yeah. we love you enough. We, we know you're a little scared right now, Peter. So we're going to get in the boat with you and we're going to go sit in your fear with you. So you're not alone in your fear. Um, and I think that's why Peter jumps out of the boat so quick. Um, because John looks at him and he's like, I think that's Jesus. And Peter's like, wait, I got a chance to make this right. Um, now I think it's really funny. They did not jump in the water when Peter jumped in the water. Um, they're like, we got 157 <laughs> fish in this boat, bro. We got a paddle. Thanks for leaving us. Right. Um, but they were with him. His herd was with him. Jesus put together community intentionally so that when life fell apart, they were there for each other. And I think that's beautiful. So, Kind of, kind of thinking about that. Um, you think about fear ruling your heart, and and like that that avenue uh, of thought. Uh, for me, whenever I think about people who are scared, like one of the things, definitely for me, um, and probably a lot of others, if we're all honest, is our past. Uh-huh. Um, so like fear of your past keeping you from overcoming and and moving forward. Like you know, if you know, if you know the real me, if you know what I've done before now, like you you won't want anything to do with me. Um, probably even, you know, talking about Peter, maybe even Peter a little bit, you know, he's willing to fight for his life, but he's not willing to lay it down. Right. Um, like, like that whole, that whole line of thought, what, what do you say to someone who is like their fear that's ruling their heart is their past? Well, I mean, again, if the fear that's ruling your heart is your past, um, what, let me ask you this, Dylan, what can you do to go change anything that you've done or that has been done to you? Absolutely nothing. Uh, right. That, that's my point. Like we spent a whole lot of our life and I've done this too. I spent a whole lot of our life regretting or wishing we could change this thing back there. I can't change any of that stuff. There's nothing I can do about it. Here's what I can do is that I can make sure that I don't repeat some of the things that I've done in the past. Um, I can also make sure that in my current moment that my past doesn't get to rule my future um, or my present. Because I, again, there's nothing, listen, if you've been abused, I, first of all, I'm so sorry for you. Um, I wish I could go back in time and change that for you. There's nothing I can do to change that. Um, and I'm sure there's nothing that you wish you could do more than go back and change that. If you've been abused, also let me say, this isn't, it wasn't your fault. You didn't cause it. You didn't do it. Um, but here's the deal. You don't have to let it define you. And, and that's, I think that's what we see in the story of Peter is Peter 
Um, Peter could have spent the rest of his life going, well, you know what, guys, I'm sorry. I can't get past this. I'm I'm the one that got Jesus crucified. I'm the one that, that I said I wouldn't betray. I didn't. I denied. Um, I, I, which is in his mind is even a worse betrayal, right? Like, um, if you want to know the truth, Judas is the one that got Jesus arrested and crucified, P- not Peter. Um, but in Peter's yeah. mind, it's his fault because well, I denied him. If I if I'd have just grabbed my sword and just. Like, I know he put the dude's ear on, but then I saw him get arrested. If I'd have just stood up in that moment, and like, you're dang right I'm with him, and I'm willing to die. I'm really willing to die with him, too. Now, it may have cost Peter his life. Ultimately, it did cost Peter his life in the long run because God redeemed him, restored sure. him, transformed him, transformed him, and he, he, he died for the sake of the gospel. But I think he went even—here's here, what I would tell you. His past actually made him more of a fuel and fire for the future because he didn't let it define him. He learned from it, and that became the fuel— for him, I think really to be the impetus for the church, because I think he had a fire of I'm ne- I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to deny like that again. I'm I know what that feels like to live in that. I know that guilt, that shame, that denial. I'm not going to let myself live in that anymore. Because when Jesus says to you, "Hey, buddy, I love you, and I know you love me. Now here's what I need you to do. I'm putting he Jesus put him back on mission. Jesus told him this was going to happen. Jesus allows this to happen. Jesus puts him back on mission, and then Peter goes and changes the world to the point that we're still talking about Peter right now. Um, I think Peter right took now, yeah. all that, all of that past stuff, and he used it for fuel for for what God had in store for him. So I would say, if your past is what is your fear, then then don't let your past be your fear. Let your past be your fuel. When you go from fear to fuel of what your past is, you can actually change the world. Um, like, and it's not my story to tell, but, but Frank on our staff, um, Frank coming on our staff that Frank has some things in his past. Frank didn't let his fat, his past yeah. define him. He let it be his fuel. It wasn't his fear. It was his fuel. Um, and, and I know he would share that if he was on here, but it's, it's his story. I'll let him share his story. Um, but the reality is we live so much in fear that we let it deplete us and actually of our past. And if we actually let our past be the fuel instead of the fear, it would actually fuel us to help more people not live that way. Um, so yeah. that that's that's kind of how I would respond to that a little bit, and there there's probably some nuance to that. We've talked about it on this show before, probably late season one, maybe. Um, we've talked about it before. Like, there's a lot of us on staff currently at Pantano that have like messy pasts. Yep, and that's what like that's what I appreciate so much about our staff. Um, like you don't have people on our staff that pretend like they've got it all figured out or that they've got it all together. Um, our, our staff is people who, again, are rallied around a common goal. Yep. That's Jesus. And we're all fairly transparent with each other, maybe some more than others. Um, that's just different layers of friendship, I think. Um, but we're all fairly transparent with each other about like, Hey, we don't have this all together. We don't have this all figured out. And that's what I love so much about uh, every Wednesday morning, us doing staff prayers uh, we've got these groups that we're with and we can, we can just be honest with each other. Um, you know, we get a topic to talk about and sometimes that topic lasts an hour. Sometimes it lasts five minutes. Um, but the conversations that are had in those, in those circles on Wednesday mornings for the staff is just, it's transparency. And, and with that, you, you realize it's not just me that doesn't have this all figured out. It's not just me that that's got a messy past. And I mean, me and you, you know, different layers of church hurt, um, people who didn't think they'd probably end up working for a church full time, um, because they got so frustrated and burned out and hurt. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I, but God's using that. Story. God's using those stories to to turn around and help other people. Like me and you, with our church hurt and our like scarred past in that regard, like that lets us step into a space um, to help that not happen to other people on staff. Right. Because we know what we're looking for. We know what to watch out for. And then whenever you see it happening, you can speak into it a lot easier, a lot quicker and say, hey, I've gone down that road. I've been hurt that way. Let me help you not hurt that way. Yeah. And and again, it's not pain avoidance. You can't avoid pain. Pain's going to happen. Um, and, and sometimes unintentionally pain happens. Like I, people have caused me pain that don't even know they've caused me pain. They didn't do it on purpose. They weren't trying to. Um, I've had to learn to let some of that go and let my own my own stuff go because it's really easy to be like, oh, they hurt. Well, if they don't know they hurt you, they can't even do anything about it. Um, but even the stuff that feels intentional and was, I've just, I don't know, maybe it's life. I've gotten to this place where it's like, I, I don't know, like I, I maybe I'm resilient. Maybe I'm stupid. Maybe I'm both. Maybe I'm stupidly resilient or resiliently stupid. I'm not sure which, but um, here, here's what I know is that I'm, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And that's why I love scripture. My, I've said this a thousand times. My life fits in scripture because it's not highlight reels. It's not, it's not all of our, all of our glamor. Like there's, there's stuff, man. We deal with stuff like my wife and I, we have marital issues from time to time. Me and my kids, we have knocked down drag outs from time to time. You know, me, me, me and our, me and staff relations, there's time where, man, we've got to navigate conflict resolution inside of our staff. Why is that? Cause we're all imperfect humans trying to point people to a perfect savior. And sometimes we screw it up and, and I think if we were a little faster to give benefit of the doubt to people that they're not always out trying to get you, um, that maybe we would find a little less hurt and a little more grace in our lives. Um, you, you know, we want everybody to give us grace, but we want to judge everybody else. You know, and it's that that level of, you know, we want to give ourselves the best intentions, but we don't want to give the best intentions to everybody else. And, and if you want yeah. to be an overcomer, you can't see everybody as the enemy. Not everybody's the enemy. Not everybody's out to get you. Um, and, and even if they are, why live that way? There's no way to live. You, you know what I mean? Like, uh, if you start living in the benefit of the doubt, I would rather get to the end of my life and have been screwed over by everybody under the, under the sun and loved well than get to my end of my life and, and been a jerk to everybody because I thought they were all trying to screw me over. And that, yeah. and again, I think it's a mindset. I haven't always been that way. I've not always been that way because there's there's part of me that I I just rather write you off. If you hurt me, fine, you're dead to me. Let's keep on moving. Um, but unfortunately, but that's not Jesus, you know. <laughs> so yeah, that's the easy thing to do, and often the way of Jesus, at least in my opinion, is not the easy thing to do. No, he, very rarely does he call me to the easy thing. The only thing that he says is easy that I can find in Scripture is his yoke. If you, if you go to the Sermon on the Mount, he says, stop carrying all these burdens, which is what we're talking about, right? That's why we have trouble, trouble overcoming. We carry all these burdens. He says, cast your burdens on me. Give them to me. I'll take them. Then you can walk easy. Um, it's like we're walking around with like 200-pound rucksacks on our back all the time. We can't figure out why we're tired and why we're worn out. And Jesus is like, because I told you I'd carry it, and you're still carrying it. Why are you carrying it? It's like if I, I went hiking a couple weeks ago with my wife and my daughter and my daughter's boyfriend, Paul. And we, you know, we went early in the morning, but it's hot. Um, you know, and I had, I, I made sure everybody knew. I'm like, don't carry anything heavy. We're not going to be out here for 10 hours. We're going to be out here for like three. And I had a, like a camel back on with water um, and nothing else. I put my phone in it. That was it. And the keys for the Jeep. Um, then my wife was carrying her water bottle. My daughter was carrying hers. Paul was carrying his. 
You know what was great? Even though everybody was like kind of tired on the way back up, we all made it out just fine because we weren't carrying more than we should have. And at one point, Ella's carrying her water bottle and she was struggling. She's got a knee issue um, and she was starting to get hot. Um, and, and every once in a while, she, she thinks she's an adventurer until it gets a little hot and a little tough. And then she doesn't want to adventure as much, you know. Um, but she, she was like, can somebody just carry my water bottle? And she asked. And, and I was like, absolutely, I'll carry a water bottle. And Paul was like, I'll carry your water bottle. Um, and so we, we, it wasn't heavy, but it was enough that it was one piece of the load that she didn't need to carry to get out of there. Um, yeah. if we'd be more willing to help people carry the load than we are to put more on people or even better, give Jesus those things and go, Hey, I got all these burdens. Can you just take this? He's like, I already told you I would just give them to me, cast your burdens on me. Just ask. Your journey will be light. Um, and, and I think that would remedy a lot of all this fear that we face. Um, that's why we have the herd. The herd's willing. If you distribute all the burdens of, and fears amongst each other and then let Jesus have them, it's amazing how much easier it is to climb. It, it, that's, why, that, that's why I can only imagine like when you had one horse pulling a plow versus two horses pulling a plow. You know how much more efficient you become yeah. with two pulling that load than just one? You, you, can, you can plow twice as much land that way. And actually, I think statistically, and don't quote me on this, like I'd have to go look this back up, but I, I read somewhere at some point, like one horse can do this much, two horses can do this much, but when you get to three, it doesn't triple the work. It actually like like six times the work with those three horses. Um, and as you, as you add more to your herd, you can actually be more efficient than just that amount of times of people. You actually gain more horsepower than what you actually think you have when you get rid of some of those burdens and you let other people come around you. It's pretty, pretty fascinating. I don't, I don't, I don't remember the exact statistic, but I know what you're talking about because one of the churches I used to be on staff at when we ran our groups, uh, we had a tagline of like, people would ask, what's a group? And we would just respond with, it's you plus two. Yeah. Um, and that, that was why it was because of that story of like, you know, whenever you add one, that's great. But when you add another, you can do exponentially more than you could even with just your other one. Yeah. yeah. Um, two people's great. Three so people's fantastic. <laughs> you know? It, and you get four, five, six, or you get thousands. That that's why I think we're seeing the movement at Pantano. We're seeing, man, we've got we've got thousands in this herd that have the horsepower to run and get things done for the kingdom, and they want to. Like there, I had a lady come up to me yesterday. This is fantastic. Like this is like a pastor's dream. I'm, I'm about to share with you. She comes up to me and she goes, "Hey, I just got to tell you." She goes, uh, "I finished the grit challenge," and uh, she goes, "I did it because you told me to." She goes, "I didn't want to do it." She goes, "But I did it because you told me to." She goes, and then I went through rooted because you told me to. She goes, so the moral of the story is if you tell me to do it, I'm probably going to do it. And I was like, well, that's a dangerous little weapon for me to have. Like, if I tell you to do something, you're going to do it. <laughs> um, but she's been in our church for about a year. Awesome lady. Um, and she was like, every time you've told me to do something, I do it. It changes everything. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm good. I'm glad we're telling you to do things that are changing things in a good way. Um, but, but again, she trusts that, hey, if, if we say, hey, you ought to do this, we're going to do it. And, and I love that because when we're on mission together and you tell people, get on mission, we're going to do this together. And people go, all right, I'm in. It's amazing what God does with that. And that's getting over our past, facing our fears and overcoming whatever those things are. When you begin to overcome, you can't help but help others overcome. It's, it's the beautiful part of the story. You know what else that I can't overcome, Dylan? I can't overcome the fact that I've not had a cup of coffee in almost five that's weeks. That's a good segue. Hey. That's a really good segue. I wasn't even planned. That's what's even better. Um, but I, I have not had 
any coffee whatsoever in any form. Well, maybe I've smelled some. Um, sometimes I sit and stiff in my office right now. Um, just because I, I sent you a picture. You did. I sent you a picture this weekend. You did. You 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 caused me to lust a little bit with that picture of coffee. Um, but it, it's for us, bringing it with me. Yeah, I, I know it's for us. Um, I appreciate that, by the way. I appreciate you appreciate you setting me up for that. Um, I'm a week away. I'm a week away from breaking whatever this, I, I, I don't know, I can't call it a coffee fast because it wasn't intended for that. It's not like I've been praying after not drinking coffee. Um, I mean, I've been praying it a lot. It also probably wasn't fast. No, it was probably not. been very slow. It, it is. It, you know what's funny? Like three people have been like, you seem like like something happened. You good? I'm like, I'm I'm okay. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I don't have as much liquid crack in my soul right now as I typically do. So, um, you know. I haven't been around the office to see this, but I just imagine you, have you seen the movie Zootopia? Yeah. Yeah. I just imagine you sitting in your office on your couch uh, and you're like the sloth in the DMV in Zootopia, just like, yeah, like you know, whenever he smiles, like they yeah. tell him a joke, and it's like, yeah, it takes a it takes a little bit. Uh, I'll I'll be honest. It takes with, a second. I'll be honest. That's how it feels to me. I'm sure our staff is like, oh, so you're still running a thousand miles an hour? Cool. You went from five thousand to a thousand. Good job. <laughs> Way to go. Um, but I'll I'll be honest. Like I I miss I miss the process, and I'm I genuinely like the taste of coffee. Like some people are like, ew, I don't know yeah. how to drink that. I'm like, because I drink good coffee. I don't drink bad coffee. I don't, I'm not drinking Maxwell House or Folgers, you know, or uh, Chicory or whatever that stuff I is. I subscribe, subscribe to the ideology that if you don't like black coffee, it is probably because you haven't had good black coffee. I would agree uh, wholeheartedly. And, and some people think like black. That's not saying that you're going to like it the first time you have it, but it's, it's learning what you're, it's learning about the process. Well, and some people. Like they think black coffee means dark coffee, and that's not true either. Um, for me, I, I don't like dark. I, I I don't like dark roast coffees. Um, typically, there may be a couple, but it's rare. Um, I'm a light roast person. First of all, you get more caffeine out of a light roasted bean than you do out of a dark roasted bean. Um, and and secondly, you get more nuance of flavor notes at a lighter roast, in my opinion. Um, dark roast to me. Most of the time, dark roast, Starbucks does this on purpose. They burn all of their dark roast on purpose so they have a consistent flavor profile. Um, and it's consistently burnt. Um, so, yeah, it, again, if that's been your introduction to coffee is black coffee that's dark and Starbucks, you're probably getting a not great cup of coffee. So, but anyhow, all that to say, I'm, I'm five weeks into this, this uh, whatever this thing is, trying to monitor my health a little bit. Um, now I'm not going to go off the deep end. Like, I'm not going to be like, I'm having 14 cups of coffee today because I'll be in the parking lot with my shirt off running around down Houghton road or something. But, um, what I am, I, I'm, I'm probably going to go to like back to a really good cup of morning coffee and maybe a mid morning or pre-workout coffee. Cause coffee has actually been shown to be really good for pre-workout. Um, so I may do that. Um, but I think I'm going to gradually, gradually bring coffee back in. I'm not going to go like hardcore, um, crazy and anything like that. Um, I will say there's been a couple benefits to me not drinking coffee the last five weeks. One, uh, some of my gut health stuff that I was talking about has been a little better. Um, and two, um, that, that's about it. I got nothing else. Um, I was going to say there's more benefits. There's it's, not been. It, it maybe you said something interesting that, that you like coffee as a pre-workout. Yes. Yep. I can't stand it. I can't stand what it does to my stomach. Uh, 
I can tell you, I get in the car. It takes me about 20 minutes to get to my gym if I leave from my house. Um, I get my house, put coffee in the cup. I'll drink 12 ounces of coffee from my house to the the gym. And uh, it, yeah. it's a good stimulant for – it actually is as good as any, like, pre-workout powder that I'll ever take. It just – it's a stimulant for muscle growth. It's a stimulant for energy. Um, most, most really good health specialists that I've talked to, um, and read and follow would say that a good cup of coffee is a great pre-workout as good as buying some powder. Uh, it's like a lot cheaper than most, uh, the most pre-workout powders too. Um, but uh, there's a lot of health benefit to coffee. Um, and so I use it a lot as a pre, a pre-workout, um, cause a lot of the pre-workout powders make me either jittery or itchy, um, which is like I have reactions to, but yeah. coffee, I don't. And so it's a natural stimulant. Um, and then I also, but here's the kicker. I also drink 160 ounces of water a day. So there's that. So oh, the, the people are like, awesome. so you're just drinking coffee to work out. I'm like, no, I drink almost 85 ounces of water while I'm working out. And then I'll drink another 80, 75 to 80 ounces throughout the rest of my day. So, and I start my day with that rehydration stuff I was telling you about, which by the way, shameless plug this rehydrate stuff is unbelievable in the morning. I drink 16 ounces with this in the morning. I can actually feel my body like wake up. It just, it actually stimulates my body in the best of ways to wake up, rehydrate, because you wake up dehydrated. Your body actually dehydrates as you sleep. Yeah. Um, and so, but all that to say, this is coffee time. This is not rehydrate time. And um, so I, I don't, I don't, I got nothing to add to the equation today because again, I'm five weeks into no coffee. Maybe that is the coffee time for me is that um, I've not had any coffee. Um, and we've been talking about this necessity coffee for the last couple of weeks because bro, you've got me so hyped up on this right now. Like I, it, it's kind of like anticipating Christmas. Like I see the big box <laughs> under the tree. I know it's something good. I just, I, I got to see it for myself. You know what I mean? Before we, before we dive into that, let me just give you a horror story from Christmas past talking about seeing the big box under the tree and getting excited. Yeah. Have you ever had someone play just really mean joke on you where you think you're getting something and yep. you're not getting that? Yep. I've had that before. Yeah. One year, you remember the year you were older than me when it came out, but you probably remember it. Uh, whenever guitar hero came out with guitar hero oh, yeah. world tour, which was like their yeah. rock band. Yeah. It had the drums and everything. Yeah. Me and my sister wanted that so bad the year it came out and it, it came in the bigger box. Yep. And, uh, just stoked about it and my parents like so one day under the christmas tree this you know leading up to christmas this box is under the tree um and it looks like it's about that size and growing up we were kind of allowed to go and like shift the presents around and feel them and see you know as long as we didn't open them it was fine uh and we took to it so far that we we went to this like anytime we went to walmart with my parents Leading up to Christmas, we would go and find the box in the store and kind of move it around, see if it was the right weight. And yep. we, I went to the hardware department in Walmart, got a tape measure, measured the box. We went home and measured the box, and it was the same, same measurements. You were getting it. very similar in weight. What you were a, very similar in weight to what a middle schooler could could calculate. A middle schooler that was not good at math. Right. Um, We've established this and, on the podcast through all three seasons. It's good. On Christmas morning when we opened it, that you know what was in that box? I bet it wasn't what you were hoping it was. No, it was boxes of rocks. <laughs> it, it was a mean joke. I mean, I've been called a box of rocks before, but that's very literal. That's You got a box of rocks it for Christmas. It was a mean joke. Now, did you actually get it for Christmas? And I'm, there wasn't... 
No, there was no follow-up to it. There wasn't like, okay, haha, this is a funny joke. It's in the other no. room. We'll bring it out now. No, it's just, ha ha, you got a box of rocks. Bro, that's hilarious. Yeah, be grateful for those rocks. Be grateful for those rocks. Tell us what you're going to do with those rocks. I'm going to go put them in the yard. Gonna, I don't want rocks. I'm going to throw them at you and pretend like you're the screen on the TV <laughs> and your head's going to make sounds like the drums that we thought were in here. <laughs> that's that's what we're going to do with them. That's, that's called that's childhood trauma. Wow, that bro. Um, you should be laying on this brown couch inside this room right now talking to me about this because that's that's therapy right there, bro. You need some therapy for that one. Off chance that Rebecca Hamlin is listening to this podcast, uh, she can speak into that childhood trauma. Yeah, she's not going to only speak into it. You're about to be paying a lot of money per hour for her to speak into that because <laughs> that's going to take sessions. That's not just a one-time meeting. Um, that's how I feel about it. Bro, here's the deal. Don't screw me over with this coffee. If you show up, and you put some other coffee oh, in this. You're gonna. Love if you put some other coffee in this bag, though, to try to mess with me, um, this will become a one host show. I can tell you that real quickly. Like, don't do that to a guy that hadn't had coffee in five weeks, and I'm waiting for this. Um, if you bring me a box I'm of gonna, rocks, I'm gonna bring the box. Yeah, I'm gonna bring the box, and inside the box is gonna be a different coffee. It's gonna be Starbucks. Mm-hmm. I want that. I want that box Star- sealed when it shows. I don't. I, the seal better not be broken on that box when it shows up here. <laughs> uh, it, okay, deal. Hey, you, you will have your coffee. Do not worry. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried. I ain't going to lie. I, I'm not sure I trust this process right now. Um, and now we got all these rules from okay. Aaron for let's, next week. Let's jump back to coffee time. Yeah, well, because... I'm, no, this is all applicable to coffee time because Aaron's going to show up here next week. In this segment, we're doing a, a blind tasting. He sent yeah. us rules. Did you see all this? I saw it. He We talked about it before he put it in the group text, so... Well, see that that um, see, I don't like he, that either. I, I don't me, like I don't like y'all been talking about. If, he asked me if I thought it was fair, and I was like, "No, that seems fair." I feel like it's a setup. Um, you guys are talking. So here, uh, I'm under the, protest already. Here's the text. Here's the text. Uh, we're going to be doing a cupping, tasting, and challenge with four unique coffees. Yep. Um, each of our objectives will be to attempt to identify the region that the coffee's from, the process type, and the tasting notes from the bag. And then just for fun, no points, we'll pick our personal favorite. Yeah. And I, then the points break down. You get two points if you get the region right, three points for process type, and one point for each of the three tasting notes. Yeah. Yeah, I got all that. But I feel like you two I'm having that conversation. I feel like you two having conversations on the side, though. There could be a setup. There could there's be. A setup. No setup. There's no setup. There might be. There's he, no setup. He might be bringing there's like. No setup. He might be bringing me Folgers, Maxwell Hell's Chicory, and Starbucks. He may have a different flight for you completely, and you may know what they are. And you'll be like, oh, this is an Ethiopian grown at 6,000 feet, and it's got the tasting profiles of an apricot and six starburst. And, uh, and uh, you know, and this one came out of a goat's rear end. Like, and, and you'll be able to give all that profile, and you'll be like, and that's also going to be Trevor's favorite. But he has none of that because I didn't put that in the box. And uh, and I'll be over here like, I, th- I think this came from uh, a tree. You know, uh, like, <laughs> like I think there's some shady stuff going on behind the scenes here. I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced yet. Uh, I feel like, I feel like y'all are playing me a little bit. Aaron, Aaron is our impartial judge. He just asked me if he thought the rules were fair. I would agree that Aaron can be an impartial judge. I also can agree that Aaron likes a good, a good prank from time to time, and uh, and he also <laughs> likes to see if he can pull one over. So I'm just saying, I'm, I'm going in a little leery into this tasting right now, um, because I, I think some tomfoolery is going on. Because apparently he's going to make it in front of it, though. You'll see the coffee. That don't mean nothing. You, I mean, you won't see back. But That's like, what I'm saying. No, it came from the same spot. Uh huh. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, 
I, apparently I use the word tomfoolery, which I've never used in my life because apparently I'm from 1936 um, uh, <laughs> as well. Um, I just, I've, I don't know. I feel like there's something going down. It's like Chupacabra moment right here. Like I, I, Team Chupacabra, where are you? Because uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I've, this feels a little mythical to me right now. Um, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Hey, so what, okay, as, as I close out coffee time here in a minute, what, what did you have today, though, so I can just vicariously live through your your coffee veins today? So two things. One, I'm going to mention a coffee that one of my really good friends, he was my first intern I ever had. Um, he got it for me in Savannah, Georgia, and sent it to me. Um, it's going to be here later today, but since I'll be in Tucson next week, um, I won't get to talk about it next week. So I wanted to mention that it's going to be here and I'm very excited about it. Okay. Um, it's from a roaster in Savannah called Perk, uh, P E R C. And, uh, it's a Colombian coffee. It's an anaerobic, uh, uh it's got, talked his, about it's that. got his headband on and doing, this, doing a little um, bicep curl an anaerobic and it's got two tasty notes, watermelon and gummy bears. Oh, you know what? We need to get the rights to watermelon sugar to play that right before coffee time next week. Um, that'd be perfect. So I'm excited about that. Um, but today I am finishing off and it's perfect timing because that coffee is coming for me today from him. So thank you, Isaiah. But uh, this coffee that I'm finishing off today is the Necessity Grape. Um, the so one I'm that, excited to have the that one that I'm still waiting on. You. Yes. But I tried it different. Um, this weekend, I actually went to Necessity, picked up that other box to bring to you right. and was talking to the owners of the shop because they were there and kind of had a fun idea. Um, I've mentioned before that I really like a good coffee soda. Oh, yeah. Um, kind of similar to an espresso tonic. Yep. Um, so we figured out the ratio that they used to pull a shot of the of the grape coffee in the store. And so it's it's 20 grams in, 50 grams out. And, uh, so what I'm going to do is use that fellow Prismo that I have. It's the attachment oh, yeah. for the AeroPress. Yep. And I'm going to pull a fake shot of that and then use a great Olipop. I don't know if you've seen those. Oh, yeah. It's like that probiotic soda. Yep. Um, Melissa loves those and they have a grape one that actually tastes not like, like a fake grape. It tastes really good. It's not like diamond. So I'm going to mix that with this coffee and see if it tastes good or not. Sweet. That's going to be my farewell to my grape coffee. Well, if it's good, then maybe we we ought to try that while you're in Tucson too. Yeah, I mean, I'm down for down. It it it's hot here right now as it is there, but I'm I'm always down for a good cold coffee. I I, I like a cold coffee. Um, have you ever done the Japanese iced coffee brew? Have you done the Japanese brew? Um, oh yeah, it's so good. Yeah. I I spent a whole summer like every day. Yeah. That was like my treat to myself in the afternoon, um, which was and it's so really good. it's really easy to do. It's not hard. Um, it's basically a V60 over ice is what you're doing, you know? So. Yeah. Like if you've already got your coffee set up, like the two people that have won our coffee giveaways on the show, yep. like if you've got that stuff that we sent you, um, you, you don't need anything else to actually do this. No, not at all. Um, so yeah, anyhow, that, that's awesome, man. I, I'm excited to hear how that turns out. I'm always about a good experiment and see what happens on those experiments. So you will report back next week. Um, or if we forget yes. because we're if in the middle, good, we'll try it again. Well, and if you forget next week because we're in the middle of you know Coffee Gate 2023 with uh, you and Aaron, um, <clears throat> you know, then we'll uh, we'll we'll talk about it the week after. Um, but no, I, I'd like to hear your report back on that. That sounds like fun. And if if you enjoy your coffee or you've never enjoyed your coffee and you don't know what that means, uh, let us know. We'll help you get started. We may have to do another giveaway like as we go into the fall. Um, yeah, and, we're and, have a fun time for another one. 
And I mean, Dylan, you need to be prepared with a coffee mug next week anyhow at GLS because I got a feeling a lot of people are going to come with theirs wanting you to sign them because we set that up last week that you're signing coffee mugs for people. So yeah, autographs with Dylan, they're worth nothing, but they'll be fantastic to have on your coffee mug. It'd be great. Um, so I'm going to get us out of this segment of coffee time. Um, it's uh, it is a Monday and uh, we're living in it. And uh, I, I appreciate the randomness of that coffee time, even though, believe it or not, that was all based around coffee. Every bit of it. Yeah. Every bit of that yeah. conversation. Except maybe except for the childhood trauma. Well, I mean, I'm sure, surely your parents didn't have enough coffee because who would give your kid a box of rocks and then not give them the actual <laughs> gift they want? I mean, that's... <laughs> right? Your parents should have started drinking coffee. They were probably so tired. They're like, ah, just, we forgot. Get some rocks, put them in a box. It'll be funny. <laughs> you know? uh, it was a different time. It was a different time. <laughs> uh, so, Dilla, what do we got coming up? It was the early 2000s. It, well, yeah, those... The, the early 2000s, those parents were still kind of my parents' era. And so, it's, you know, it's like, I don't know, go go play with some dirt and a stick. You'll be fine. Um, so what do we got coming up here at Pantano the next couple? We've got a lot of things happening, man. There's I'm looking at my calendar this morning. Yeah. I do a calendar preview for, for the next month and the next two months. And I'm like, oh, man, we got a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot. Um, first, first and biggest thing, uh, this coming Sunday, uh, July 30th, we will have three service times, three we new will. service times. Uh, yeah. All services are new. So 8, 830, 1030, Uh, Here's what's really cool. We're going to have um, at, at the 1230, there will be lunch served prior from our cafe. Fantastic lunch. And then after service, we're actually going to have food trucks um, for lunch after service. So if you're around campus afterwards, you want to grab lunch after church, uh, we'll have food trucks out there. And then starting August the 6th, we actually are partnered up with a coffee truck that is going to be in our courtyard probably permanently on Sundays. Um, we're going to have her come in. She goes to our church. She's one of our difference makers. And uh, we're going to be serving her specialty coffee on Sunday mornings. And then part of the proceeds are going to go back into um, either local or global work that we're doing as well. That's part of our partnership. Um, so we're really, really excited about that part of it. But I'm actually really, what I'm more excited about is, A, we're going to be able to alleviate parking for at least a little while. Um, and our other two service times, because we've got roughly 350, 400 people that have moved over to 1230 that we know of. Um, we probably need about another 100, 150 between those two services to do that. Uh, but man, I'm excited because A, we're going to have parking. And two, now we've got another service that we can grow by another six, seven, 800 people uh, on Sundays. And so as we, as we set a goal to reach 8,000 people in 2023, uh, we are well on our way to that. And so we need this third service if that's going to happen because we, uh, last Sunday at 9 a.m., we had zero parking spaces available in our parking lot. Um, this last weekend, we were pretty close to almost zero parking spaces. And uh, so we're 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 very, very much in need of the, the switch, the launch. And actually, I'm really excited about it because growing churches are going to have to add things and we're going to have to add services. So um, yeah, that starts this next weekend, 8.30, 10.30, 12.30, 30. And all of our services will be streamed at the same time. And then we still have our 6 p.m. at Gospel Rescue Mission. Uh, we have our replay on Monday nights. And then students will be at um, middle school, will be at 8.30 and 12.30 in our student union. And we'll still have our student section in the auditorium. So uh, we're all, all programming will be the same. Um, we just have three hours of it now. So I'm um, really excited about that. Uh, also, Dylan, we have something coming literally the week after that that we've been promoting for the better part of nine months. Um, the Global Leadership yep. Summit is coming that following week. Uh, Dylan, what are you signing coffee cups? And that's where Dylan will be signing coffee cups. Um, 
So for all three of you that would like him to autograph your cup, show up with it and he'll do it. Um, bring your own Sharpie, Dylan. We're not going to expect people to do all that work. I mean, when you're this famous, you know, you got to carry your own Sharpie with you. Um, so. <laughs> a terrible setup. It's, it's a, a terrible setup. I think it's a great setup. You know what I hope happens? I hope there's like 200 people at Global Leadership Summit that grab you and are like, are you Dylan? Can we, will you sign my coffee <laughs> mug? Please, please sign my coffee mug. Um, you sign my GLS poster. I don't think we have those, but that would be hilarious if people did. Um, it's just a picture of home, you. Of homemade GLS posters. Yeah. Actually, it's your face in the middle of the G on GLS. Um, you're just like, ah, and people, you sign your forehead. That'd be great. Um, so GLS is coming, Global Leadership Summit. It is going to be a fantastic two days. We've got uh, now well over 300 people are going to be here and a part of that um, from all over our city, all over our region. Uh, not just Pantano folks, but people from our community. We've got local officials. We've got governmental officials. We've got school district officials um, bringing their teams. We've got, I think, some of our law enforcement's going to be here. We've got non-for-profits, churches. It is going to be an unbelievable GLS this year, and I can't wait for us to host that this year. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, we took a couple years off because of COVID and construction, and now we're we're back. And like, if you think like, if you don't know a lot about GLS, if, if this is your first GLS that you're thinking about going to, I would definitely encourage you to go, even if you're not like, this isn't just a, a churchy leadership conference. Um, you've got speakers that are going to be there, like the CEO of Intel, um, right? The creator um, and director and co-writer for The Chosen, if you've been watching that show, a um, few authors, the CEO of the Dallas Mavericks. Um, so like there, there's a lot of like really heavy hitter uh, speakers in their lineup and it's going to be a really great. Conference. Well, I'm, I remember one of the first years that I actually went to it. Um, we like Colin Powell was there. Like, I mean, there was one that uh, Bob Iger from Disney was there. Yeah. I mean, I, they've had presidents, former presidents be a part of GLS. Um, I can't, I can't remember if Bush, if it was Bush or uh, one of the former presidents was a part of GLS. Um, it, you know, it's just, it, it it's one of those things that I love that it's put on by the church, but it is not just for the church. It's for all leaders. And I think that's, that's beautiful. Um, and, and it's, it's literally a week and a half away. So, uh, it is, it is coming. It's, awesome. it's going to be a really, really good time. Uh, Dylan, anything else we need to let our people know that's coming up before we get out of here? Uh, rooted rooted is opening up on August 20th. So just a little under a month now. Yep. Uh, so if you want to know more about Rooted, uh, just head over to pantano.church slash Rooted. You can find a group, um, sign up to facilitate a group, meet some of the facilitators. Um, Rooted is awesome. I think we've we've really hammered that home pretty well. But, yeah. Um, and if you've never heard that, Rooted, you need to go through Rooted. It, it just, it, it's, you, yeah. it's a need to, not a want to. You need to go through Rooted. Um, it will change everything for you and your faith journey. Um, even what we talked about with the herd today. Um, you, you need a herd to be with and rooted helps you do that. Um, and speaking of herds and water buffaloes and lions, um, we have a worship night coming September the 14th. And, um, you're like, what does that have to do with lions and water buffaloes? Well, my buddy Darian, who is uh, Simba in the Lion King, um, he is going to be bringing a whole conglomerate of friends with him from Broadway and musicians. And uh, we're going to have a worship night that will be unlike any other. And and we're doing something a little different even with this worship night. Um, we're going to have one of our baptism emphasis party nights. Not on a Sunday, but we're going to do it at worship night that week. And it, I think it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. We're going to have 
I'm sure we're going to pack the place out again. There'll be a couple thousand people here. Um, it actually is going to be a ticketed event this time. It's not paid tickets, but you're going to need to reserve a ticket um, for that. And you, yeah. there'll be yeah. links for you to be able to do that. And you'll have an Eventbrite ticket and you'll be able to get in. I mean, it's not going to cost you a dime, but we're doing that because we need to know for capacity's sake. And we also need to know when people show up at the door without that ticket, they may have to wait for those that do um, because we're anticipating uh, an overly full house for that event. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So, um, well, Dill, anything else before we get out of here? No, uh, we'll say that if you want to hear a little bit something from uh, Darian Sanders uh, and also Isaiah um, from last year's Night of Worship, you can listen to episode 10 of the yep. podcast way back in season one because uh, we actually got to have them on. So if you want a little bit of a preview of maybe what that might look like, uh, go check out that episode. The fact that you had that on the ready is pretty impressive to me. Um, I would have said that was season two, episode six, um, and I'd have been way off. Um, I don't even know what season we're in right now. I don't know how many episodes we've done this season. Um, is this season three? Season three, episode four. We've done four of these already? This is the fourth. Really? I'm in, I'm impressed We're with cruising. us. I'm really impressed with us right now. I'm not gonna lie. Um, uh, normally I wouldn't be impressed with anything of us, but I'm, I'm impressed that we've made it this far. <laughs> Three seasons, <laughs> four episodes into the third season. Hey, hey, by the way, Dylan, I missed something last week. Um, you sent me a text and it was our anniversary of our podcast. And I, and I missed, we can't I missed it. I missed talking about it on the show. Um, but we were officially a year old a couple weeks ago. Like we're now in the terrible twos. Um, and you guys are like, you've been in the terrible twos since you started. Um, <laughs> I think you're in the worst threes. That's what you're in right now. Um, but yeah, we're officially a year old as a podcast. We made it, man. Most podcasts don't make it past like five episodes. And uh, well, here we are in season three and somehow people keep listening. I do have people every week are like, man, we love, we love the podcast. And I'm like, really? Okay. That's still surprising to Why? me, but I'm so glad that you do. <laughs> because <laughs> uh, we would be having these conversations even if they weren't. Um, but I'm really glad people get to lean in and have these conversations with us. And so uh, if there's more you want to hear about or there's questions you have or things you want to hear us talk about, you can let us know. You can go to the Anchor app, anchor.fm slash the make. And uh, is that right? The make or the make community? It's yep, the make, is it? it? It's the make. It's the make. Anchor.fm slash the, slash the make. You can actually leave voice mem like voicemails there for us. We'll put them in the show. Um, you can send us questions. Uh, the polls are on Spotify. Is that right? And yep. we we do have an Instagram page that we always forget about um, that every once in a while I remember and I put something there. Um, so if you want to go follow our Instagram page, we probably won't interact with you, but it's a lot of fun to hang out with the two pictures that we have up there right now. Uh, we'll put a few more. How about that? We'll start, we'll start interacting there. If, uh, if you guys start following, we'll start interacting there. How about that? Uh, we'll, we'll call that the deal. Um, but Dylan, good to hang out with you today, man. Excited to have you in town next week. Um, do me a favor. If you like this podcast, go hit that subscribe button, go leave us a review that helps with a whole lot of things. Uh, but the biggest part is we want you to go from every day or from Sunday taking to everyday making and being a part of the make community. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode of the make podcast, where we're moving from Sunday takers to everyday makers. To learn more, head over to pantano.church slash the make. We can't wait to see you again next week.